What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today on the show, should Mike Evans be a second-round pick? Is Alan Lazard the best wide receiver value on the board? Why are people still taking Javante Williams at the one-two turn? We are going to look at some good and some bad early values based on current ADP. It is Monday, May 23rd, and we are in episode one of four this week. That's right. Four episodes per week right now going forward for the foreseeable future. We're cranking it up, Dave and Jamie. You guys ready? Yeah. Yay. Hooray. (laughs) I know, but we are looking at NFC ADP since May 1st, a little bit after the draft to, uh, to take a look at what the trends are, what the trends are and who's a good value, who's a bad value players to be looking at right now and players to avoid. And what we think will hold up basically as we get into August, I do have some trivia. If you'd like to start the, this Monday with some trivia, I can stump you to start the week. You ready? Is it ADP trivia? It's not. It's completely unrelated. So trivia not related to the show we're talking about. Completely unrelated. And pretty sure I've already used the first one before. Okay. So. Is it about Taken? Because I still haven't seen it. No. No. Uh, trivia Did question. Did you Two episodes Two. left. Two left. Uh-huh. I know. I know. I got to tell you, Working Moms is a really great show. I hope everybody watches You're that. watching other things before finishing Ozark. Working Moms is a show that we can put on when we're about to fall asleep. Ozark, we have to focus, you know, and <laughs> it's so much show. longer. Anyway, Dave, do you watch Ozark? This show's great. It helps us. Come fall on, let asleep. me do trivia first. Let me do trivia first. Okay. Wait, Dave, do you watch Ozark? No, I'll watch it in like five years. You should catch up. It's good. Jamie, okay. is Ozark good? Especially at the end when Marty leaves on the horse. <laughs> is Ozark good? Because if the answer is yes, then Dave doesn't watch it. Anyway, <laughs> I have already used this trivia question, I'm pretty sure, but we'll do it again. I was trying to work on oh a joke for God. Dave's microphone at the office related to the Celtics players leaving the game on Saturday and coming back. As something like uh. the effect of whatever the Celtics did to get back on the court, <laughs> Dave should use to get back on the air. But I couldn't figure out a way to make it funny. No, I made it good. work. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Cordaro Patterson and Debo Samuel combined for 14 rushing touchdowns. How many rushing touchdowns did all other wide receivers combined score? Patterson and Debo had 14. How about the rest of the wide receivers? How many rushing touchdowns did they Isn't score? Isn't Patterson a running back? 
Well, he's listed as a wide receiver, you know. Not he's anymore. Not anymore. Now okay, well, he was last year. Um, you he should was have made this choice. Okay, fine. More than 14, fewer than 14, or 14? Fewer than 14. 14. 14 is correct. Patterson and Debo combined for as many as the rest of the wide receiving group. Okay, trivia question that I definitely have not already used. We can kind of do this in a name that player sort of way. Name the AFC East wide receiver who just set career highs in catches and yards, tied his career high in touchdowns. He was third among wide receivers in catch rate. He was second among wide receivers in yards per target. Yeah, Mm. tied with Jamar Chase. He was 18th in yards per catch, and he was sixth amongst wide receivers in yards after the catch per catch. Yak per catch. He is an AFC wide receiver? AFC, AFC East. East. So I, AFC I had Jacoby Myers in mind, and then you started going off on the... Is he still in the AFC East? He's still in the AFC East. Remember, third among wide receivers in catch rate. Second in yards per target. 18th in yards per catch. Sixth in yards after catch per catch. Pretty damn pretty damn good. Very efficient. Uh, he had... He, no, he, no. He had 50 catches, 800 Corey yards. Davis. No, he had 50 catches, 800 yards, and five Gina touchdowns. Davis. Mike Davis. <laughs> you are trying to guess his identity. Stephon Diggs. No, his identity. That's a clue? Yeah. I'm talking about his legacy here. He just had a career year. Devontae Parker. That helped his legacy. You're trying to guess his identity. <sighs> um... If, oh, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he won't ha- give you fantasy supremacy. Those are all Bourne identity, legacy. Kendrick Bourne is the guy. What's his ADP? I don't even know. Let's see. Not drafted. Why would anybody draft ADP? I'm just trying to guide us back into what we're supposed to be talking about today. What a, what a good year that Kendrick Bourne had. But this uh, is what you spent your time doing? Looking up Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, Bourne stats. It wasn't Kendrick Bourne's stats. I was looking at the leaders, and he kept showing up. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Uh, not interesting in fantasy. I get it. It'd be more interesting if you have any good there. Quintez Cephas stats, please. <laughs> All right. Let's, what about Nelson Aguilar? How was he? Let's get our favorite early and favorite late, or least favorite. Okay. Favorite draft values right now and least favorite draft values. There we go. Dave, give me the like, one of the best draft values based on current average draft position. We discussed this on FFT and five, but Alan Lazard is going in almost round and he's in line to potentially be the number one receiver in Green Bay's offense. Definitely a candidate for at least 100 targets. He was, what was he, Adam? Top 12 in touchdowns, end zone targets, um, and then top 15-ish, I think, in in explosive play rate, which you wouldn't expect from Alan Lazard because he's basically a tight end. But here he is getting all kinds of valuable opportunities and making big plays on top of it. And no one's taking him where they should take him, which honestly right now it should be like round 9, 10. And I would assume that if things continue to go on the trajectory that they are, he'll go even higher. He'll be like a round 8 pick. Yeah, right now Alan Lazard's ADP is about round 11, 12 in NFC average draft position since May 1st. And it was very, very similar to Christian Watson's. And you guys would prefer Lazard, right? Yes. Yes. 
I, I, I think they'll get drafted relatively close. I would not be surprised if Watson gets drafted higher because of the potential upside because, you know, Alan Lazard has never been a consistent producer at that level. He's never had the opportunity to be a consistent producer at this level for, for Aaron Rodgers. But, um, I mean, look, uh, we, we all fall victim to this. Us, fantasy managers, you know, people in general, uh, you like the shiny new toy. And, you know, hopefully Christian Watson comes in and is a monster right away. But Lazard is the guy I think that you're going to see Aaron Rodgers trust and, and probably trust uh, very early and, and maybe throughout the course of the season over Christian Watson. Lazard has never had a 600-yard season. Should that matter? Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's there's a history here of him not even stepping up to be the, the best second option in the passing game because of injuries and lack of opportunities. And, look, he was an undrafted rookie free agent for a reason. You know, the pedigree is not exactly, you know, jumping off the pages. Uh, but he, this is his time to shine, you know, so... I don't know if he's going to, you know, emerge as a starting week in, week out fantasy wide receiver in two receiver leagues, but he definitely has a chance to be a starting receiver in three receiver leagues if he could stay on the field and, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. I hope Christian Watson becomes the guy there. You know, I mean, look, we we're going to see him drafted in the first round of rookie only drafts. He has the uh, you know chance to be Aaron Rodgers' guy for the next couple of seasons as long as Rodgers plays, but he's got to prove it. And we know rookie receivers, you know, even the good ones. Um, that uh, eventually emerge in this offense. They don't necessarily play well right away. You know, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, uh, Greg Jennings, you know, these guys. Alan Lazard. It, 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 took a, it took a year. <laughs> Lazard, well, Adam, Adam just three. say it for me. How many targets did Alan Lazard have last year? Uh, I actually don't know. Let's play some trivia. Okay. Did uh, he have? Nine, over, 95. Did, okay. Now, Adam says 95. We're changing the game. Jamie, higher or lower than 95 targets? Jamie Eisenberg wins. 60 targets. That's what? for Alan Lazard last year. <laughs> 6 0. 159 career targets. That includes one target in one game in 2018. So he's never, Jamie said it. He's never had an opportunity like this. He's never he's earned the opportunity. But uh, you know where I got the 95 from? If you look at his last five, one? no. <laughs> if you look at his last five games, that's when he took off. He had five touchdowns in those five games, 290 yards, and he was on pace for 95 targets. And he only played 31% of the snaps in week 18 when they didn't have much to play for. They were just they didn't have anything to play for. They were just I mean, look, he was the rusty. he was the third option at best. You know, Marcos Valdez Scaling was better than him in this offense. Now we have to see if he's better than both. <laughs> MVS right. and well, Adams. It's a huge leap there. Well, that's why I don't that's why I think the argument for upside is easier with Watson. Argument with yeah. downside is also easier with Watson, but yes. But right, would you would you agree with that? But it's yes. why, you know, look, there there there's lots of opportunities in a fantasy draft, and it's not just the Packers, but to take swings at defenses with a team like this. And it's why, you know, even somebody like Randall Cobb, it's definitely somebody like Romeo Dubs. You know, it's it's somebody like Robert Tunyon. You know, they're, they're, this is not going to be a team that just goes into a shell because they lost Devontae Adams and all of a sudden they morph into just this dominant running team. They have the two-time MVP, you know, and so they're going to ask a lot of Christian Watts. They're going to ask, ask a lot of, of Alan Lazard and, and Cobb and, Dub, and Dubs, excuse me, and Sammy Watkins. And and Tunyon, and they may not be done. You know, I mean, there's a Julio Jones out there. There's a we haven't even mentioned Sammy Watkins, right? You know, there's there's just so <laughs> many you know guys out there. Uh, it's why Aaron Jones has a great opportunity. I mean, uh, I, I agree with you, Dave. It's easy to laugh at Sammy Watkins. I, mean, but, I can't believe I just said that with like a semi straight face. But you know, if he if he if he stays healthy, yeah, who knows? Yeah, really, yeah. who knows? All you right. Know, so, you know, you get to the end of your draft, you know, and 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 obviously we're joking about Kendrick Bourne, but. 
you know, you get to the end of your draft and, and we've seen it, you know, I mean, we're, we're all doing, um, you know, different kind of drafts, best ball drafts. You know, I've done a couple of magazine drafts already for other publications. Um, you take a stab at a guy and you just never know, you, you know, with, with this offense right now, there's just so much, so much uncertainty and so much potential. Wouldn't you rather take a stab on a receiver who might be the number one for the Packers than, you know, a number two or a number three receiver on like three quarters of the other teams in the National Football League? Like it makes perfect yeah. Yeah, like, it I, would make know, sense to go after two of these guys. Right. So, you know, perfect example would be Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs, you know, whichever, whichever one you want to throw at the because obviously Lazard and Watson can draft, but it's it's the the second tier guys or Byron Pringle. You know, the the, the magazine draft they did, Byron Pringle was drafted. I don't think any of the Packers guys were, aside from, you know, I think maybe Romeo Dubs was, but the other two guys were certainly drafted. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the wide receivers, we can move on after this. Christian Watson and Lazard are going back to back. At 129, 130 overall. Yeah, and when one goes, the other's going to go. You've got Michael Gallup and Tyler Boyd ahead of them, just ahead of them. You've got Kenny Galladay. Not a lot of wide receivers, and DJ Chark, but Chark's 148. So the three wide receivers who are being drafted around them are Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, and Kenny Galladay. See, Gallup's an interesting one because if he's right, I think he should be better than both those guys because we've seen it. You know, we saw it the year before Amari Cooper. I'm sorry, before CeeDee Lamb joined the Cowboys. And, you know, we saw it in, in spurts last season. You know, certainly that week one game, we had seven targets in the first half. Dak likes him. Clearly, the, the Cowboys value him. There's a big opportunity there. But this is the uncertainty of his, of his ACL term. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to our next topic here. Jamie, you came up with the bad values. Which one really stood out to you, your least favorite early value? Yeah, I mean, I'll skip over Javante Williams because we know why he's still going early. I think people still probably haven't recognized the draft. The ADP hasn't recognized, you know, probably what the, the news has brought us, but it's still Amara St. Brown um, going 58th overall. Uh, look, I hope he plays well. You know, I liked him last year. I thought he had a chance to, you know, be the guy for the lions and it, it took some injuries and, you know, late in the season for it to develop. But um, it's just a so different receiving core right now. You know, you have Hawkinson back, you have Swift healthy. And now you have DJ Chark and whatever Jamison Williams is going to bring. And so, you know, there's there's just more mouths to feed. And so he'll have some great moments. He'll still be, you know, times of starting fantasy receiver for you. But to go in the fifth round is just uh, way too soon for me. So he went 76th in the draft that we did a couple of weeks ago. And you guys I thought think that's that, too early. That was too early. Right. I took him. <laughs> I don't have such a problem with it then. You know, so it, it, it when you put it in context of, of the, the number versus the names that went around him, it's a little different. You know, so some of the guys that were drafted after him, I think were, you know, somewhat better standing. But, you know, if you're talking about after 75 overall, it's a little bit more realistic. Uh, well, the, the, the guys after him were Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore, and oh. then all the rookies. I would have taken pretty much all of them ahead of St. Brown. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore is kind of in a similar situation, but I like him better than St. Brown as well. But um, you're getting to that point. That's that's kind of where, you know, he, he should start to come to the conversation there. Not, not you know, 58th overall. Okay. More good, more bad values a little bit later on in the show. Want to tell you about our programming here. We've got four episodes this week, as you know. We'll be at five at some point, and then during the season, I think we have eight episodes per week. We have a mailbag on <laughs> Thursday. Going to actually read your Apple Podcast questions today, but uh, we we will read them. So five-star review with an Apple Podcast. Please, a review would be nice. Tell everybody why you like the show. We're always trying to grow. And a question on Apple Podcasts. You'll, you'll be on the air at some point. And you can listen to us on your smart speakers. You can either say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast, or, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Bam. Instant gratification. 
Okay, let's do some news and notes. Deshaun Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, expects a decision on a suspension in June or July. Quarterback news. The Panthers still interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, according to the Associated Press. And the Panthers and Seahawks still considering a Baker Mayfield trade, according to The Athletic. Do you think now is the time to try to acquire DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, or DJ Moore with the hope or the thought that the expectation that there will be an, a significant a Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo upgrade in one of those two spots? No one should be trying to get rid of Metcalf or Moore because they've eventually those teams are going to do a better job solving their quarterback issues. They might have to change their coaching issues first, but they'll get that done. Or in the case of DJ, did DJ Moore sign a big extension? I don't remember. He may have, so he might so. be tied to Carolina. If if he did, he's tied to Carolina for a while. But if not, then he's a free agent. I I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. I'm unprepared. Uh, yeah, but I sorry. think that he's three three years, sixty two million. I thought he might have. Okay, yeah. so Carolina will eventually find somebody who can be a competent quarterback, and the hopefully they'll use DJ Moore the right way. DK's got all the potential in the world. If you can acquire them at any kind of a discount in Dynasty, do it because they've got great long term appeal. I would still draft them exactly where I would have taken them, you know, this time two, three months ago, four months ago, before everything went crazy in the NFL because they've got so much upside. Lockett is the one that I think uh, is losing a lot of luster. Seahawks haven't traded him, he's older. I don't know how many more good years he's got left, and at least one of them is going to be spent catching balls from either Locke and Geno Smith or Garoppolo. It's probably not going to be Garoppolo, but Baker Mayfield, and that could get kind of hairy still. So I think he's the one that if you've got him on your dynasty team and you don't think you need him, you can trade him for whatever you can get. And if you're looking long-term, I don't think he'll help you that much. I think it's all contender versus you know non-contender. You know, So if you're a contender – and you have those guys, you're holding them, you know, because you want to see what they're going to become. And you obviously have a team in place to win now. If you're not a contender, you should obviously be trading Tyler Lockett today because even if he has those guys that Dave mentioned, he's not going to produce at the same level. But you might be able to convince somebody that you can get some value in 2023 that he'll be better with a quarterback upgrade if Baker Mayfield goes there. With DJ Moore, I think it's interesting for both those guys if you're a non contender because, you know, the. DK Metcalf still, you know, holds plenty of value. So, you know, if you think you can flip him and get, you know, a first-round pick in 2023, maybe multiple picks, I'd be looking to do that if your team's not going to compete now. More who knows, you know, because Carolina hasn't figured out their quarterback situation in a while. And it's hard to expect even Baker Mayfield going there short-term all of a sudden turns DJ Moore into a guy that's going to flip your dynasty situation around. All right. The Patriots are reportedly concerned about the offense. They don't have a named offensive coordinator right now, not publicly. The Is Boston, this the biggest non-story in the world? I don't know. I mean, the Boston Sports Journal reporting it. It's a, it's weird. Who's calling plays for them? You know, uh, Joe yeah. Judge? Really? A special teams coach? A former special teams coach? He's not a play caller. Patricia? I Who the heck is calling plays for them? This is interesting weird i'm interested to know who it would be but i and i know that like it's it's fun to make fun of patricia and joe judge and they might totally botch it but they've been around football long enough that they probably have a semblance of an idea of how to call a play i get so, that but who, I, who would be excited about think, that i can't help but think that they'll overcome this and it's much ado about nothing i mean it feels it feels very yucky to not have some semblance of 
an established play caller. I think Dave's right. They'll figure it out. You know, Belichick obviously has been around plenty too, you know, so he'll have his, you know, say in it also. Um, you know, look, when you're, when you're debating Devontae Parker versus whoever is in that range, you know, rookie wide receiver, Michael Gallup, you know. Is Lazard in that range? Yeah. Um, well, what if you're debating Mac Jones in a two QB league? And yeah, also, no, I, I would say get to that you know, but the, Damien Harris versus you know the the running backs that we typically yeah. see in that range: Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Elijah Mitchell, Miles Sanders, those guys. Um, you know, Mac Jones in a two QB league. Yeah, yeah, it's it it should be you know somewhat of a tiebreaker, but you know I don't think it's going to be. Oh, they called the wrong play there. That's why you lost. No, the but game. but I think that. If this were not Bill Belichick, I think you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And totally. if it were probably any other franchise, literally any other franchise that had that had this it's, lack of experience and lack of clarity on the play caller, I do think that you'd be concerned about it from a fantasy perspective. But it's also, I think, a team, and aside from Kendrick Bourne and your love for him, um, <laughs> how many people, maybe even including Damian Harris, are you saying I have to have a Patriots player on my fantasy roster? Like there's just not a lot of appeal to this team to begin. So, you know, you have, you have these guys in dynasty, their holds, you know, I don't think anybody's buying anybody outside of Damien Harris. Again, it's another reason maybe you want to avoid Damien Harris. um, As we've noted time and time again, you know, his lack of role in the passing game and the crowded backfield that they have. So all these guys are for the most part, you know, their depth on your fantasy team and you kind of just see what happens. I don't think again, the offensive coordinator situation is the reason why you should not take Devontae Parker as a fourth wide receiver if that's the guy you feel is the best fit at the time for your team. Okay. All right, let's go through the rest of these here. Uh, DetroitLions.com's Tim Twentyman. He thinks that rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams could return from his torn ACL sometime in September. It, it was really non-scientific, you know, scientific, just a guess. He, he was thinking maybe week four. But Williams wants to be out there for week one. We'll see what happens. Oh, Amari Rodgers, the first guy this offseason that I've seen get labeled with the best shape of his life, uh, you know, label. He -hmm. is Amari Rodgers. This is the second-year receiver for the Green Bay Packers. According to his wide receivers coach, Jason Vrabel, Amari Rodgers is in the best shape of his life. So let's go. I think I was in the best shape of my life when I was born. (laughs) And then... Kendrick born. Yeah. (laughs) Year four. Pizza introduced into David's life. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I think is interesting about Amari Rogers is that he is a slot receiver. And when we saw mm. Lazard take off late in the year, Lazard started playing more in the slot. About 55% of his snaps were in the slot. That was Devontae really- played in the slot a bunch too. Yeah. Yeah, they'll move their guys around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but look, can he do that? Is he good enough to play on the outside? No, I meant Lazard. I remember at Clemson, week one. I meant Lazard. Week one, everybody's yeah. healthy. Where are the Packers receivers lined up, and who are the top three guys in the field? <laughs> uh, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb. I would say it's Lazard, Watson, Watkins. Man, I, I hope you're right, man. I hope Christian Watson's ready. I just, um, I gotta see it. You're, I say that a lot, but. It's one of those things. NFL owners are counting votes to potentially remove Dan Snyder, the Washington football, Washington Commanders owner, uh, according to USA Today. What's taking so long? <laughs> well, yeah, you had to come after. You had to screw them out of money for them to right. remove yes. Dan Snyder. Uh, Brian Dayball wants Daniel Jones to cut it loose. 
Also, Dan Duggan of The Athletic expects Saquon Barkley to catch a ton of passes in Dayball's offense. Mm-hmm. Dayball. That'd be great. And Kadarius Tony is recovering He's from smart. offseason knee surgery. Uh, Brian, uh, Kadarius Tony has more injuries than Dave Richard eats pizza slices. No, no he so, does not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Evian Clowney resign with the Browns one year worth up to $11 million? Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. Wow. That, that, Low-key, that might be the best defense in the NFL. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that that addition, just they needed somebody opposite Miles Garrett to help kind of balance things out. I love their secondary. I love their secondary. They're going to be a tough defense. They may be on the field a lot, though, in the beginning of the season if Watson's not there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I their first thing- four games are pretty easy, and Chubb could just dominate those games. I saw uh, something that was interesting um, in uh, Alan Papar covers the Dolphins for Sports Illustrated was doing a mailbag and he was asked uh, which running backs make the final roster. And he said the three that are locks and Alan does a great job covering the team. He's covered them forever. He used to work at Dolphin Digest. Um, He said the three that are locks and he actually listed Miles Gaskin first. He said Gaskin, Edmonds and Michelle Mm -hmm. and Mostert is the wild card based on his health. Mm. So, uh, interesting there, just noting that, you know, with, I think we kind of all thought, okay, most are coming from San Francisco with Mike McDaniel may have an opportunity to lead them in carries if he's healthy. Uh, but the report a couple of weeks ago of him not being necessarily ready, even for training camp. And now you get another, you know, just, you know, a secondary mention of, of he may never make the roster, you know? So I think if you're drafting, I, I think I mentioned this last week, if you're drafting the Dolphins running backs, Edmonds should be first. And probably Michelle should be second. Mm. Let's take a break, and we'll talk about where Raheem Mostert's being drafted and, and others. Good values, bad values, right after this on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So our good values, we have some early picks in the first four rounds that Dave wanted to highlight. Dave came up with the good values. Jamie came up with some of the bad values here. And, you know... David Montgomery going 42nd. This is NFC. So NFC ADP has got high stakes leagues, usually half PPR since May 1st, which is after the NFL draft, but not after every single piece of news. But, you know, it's, it encompasses most of it. Um, David Montgomery, 42nd overall. James Conner, 32nd overall. They went 29th and 23rd in, in our draft a couple of weeks ago, respectively, Montgomery and Conner. So uh, regardless of what you feel about David Montgomery, if you can get him 42nd overall, it's a no-brainer. I don't think we have to talk more about Connor and Montgomery. They're, you know, we've talked about them a lot. The Bucks wide receivers, Chris Godwin's going 48th right now in NFC. I took him 21st. It was too early, but it's all because of the knee. 
I think we all know how good he's going to be if he's healthy, but just real quick, where would you guys take Chris Godwin? I mean, I did it in a draft, like I told you. It was a fourth round. I don't remember exactly what number, but uh, early fourth round, I think it was. Okay. I'd go go late round three if it's full PPR. All right. And if he were fully healthy? He'd go higher. He'd go what? I don't think we're going to see him in the second round again because of where he's at and, you know, when the reports will will start to surface when we get to training camp. But I think early round three will probably be the – Highest will go. So, you know, if you have a late or early pick in round one and you you want to get him, you want to get him around eight, land around two, it's fine. But I think, you know, early to middle round three is probably where he'll settle. Uh, I think he should be a borderline first round pick in a, th- in a PPR league if he's fully healthy. He's finished top 15 in PPR points per game each of the last three years. Top 10, two of those three. Top but he's three, not going to be fully three. healthy, though. I know. I, know. Yeah, I mean, it's a hypothetical. Week one at the earliest. It's a hypothetical. Right. I think Chris Godwin could, if he if he had no injury issue here, I think he could lead the NFL in catches. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, especially if Gronk doesn't play again. There's there's a lot of, lot of wide open scenarios in Tampa Bay right now with Antonio Brown gone and. I mean, you could say Russell Gage this and that, but you know we know where Brady's going to go. He's going to go to yeah. Godwin and Evans. Speaking of which, let's talk about Evans. 28th in NFC. He went 26th in our draft. Now, is, is that good value for Evans? I never really see him get taken in the second round, but he's so consistent. He's so heavily targeted in the end zone. And, you know, he's, he's, almost, he's probably going to be a top 12 wide receiver with potential for more. So should he make it into the third round, Dave, or do you think Mike Evans deserves to be a second-round pick? I think if you really wanted to have him and you really didn't buy into Godwin being himself for maybe the first half of the year, then I think you could take him with a late second-round pick. But I also think you know, you'll know you get looked at funny for doing it. I'm excited about Evans, especially. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Gronk's coming back, so I've got it ranked that way, but... Man, if Gronk's not there, we already know how much Brady loves throwing to Evans in the red zone, inside the 10, et cetera, et cetera. I I think he could see, obviously, way more targets on top of that if Gronk's not there. Could lead the league in touchdowns. Could have closer to 1,200 yards instead of 1,000 yards, which is what he tends to get every year. And he could see an uptick in targets, too. There's a lot to really like about Evans because he's the healthiest, best receiver right now in Tampa Bay. If Godwin's on the pup list, I think he'll be a top 15 pick. Hmm. Yeah. Top 15 I, overall. Yes. Hmm. You know, they're just, that he just doesn't get the same amount of targets that the other guys were getting, that Brown and Godwin were getting, even Brown. I mean, That's you, true. you have to do some parsing, but, but, you know, because there were different times where different guys were healthy and whatnot. But there are just mm-hmm. these games where Mike Evans gets very, very few targets, half of his games. He had eight games with seven or fewer targets. He was also beat up a lot last year. And he draws the toughest cover week in, week out. I mean, does, you know, does. there's a respect factor that goes into Mike Evans. And look, I think Brady is smart enough to know, and there's no disrespect to Mike Evans, he's got an equal in Chris Godwin in terms of, you know, a guy that can produce at a high level. He had another equal when he was right mentally and, and physically as well in Antonio Brown. And he has an equal in Rob Gronkowski. You know, it's like you got four superstars. You know, so there are going to be games that clearly where Mike Evans gets shut out because why throw at the other team's best defender when you don't have to? You know, so if Brady's forced to, he's going to. 
because he's not afraid of it. And so you'll see Mike Evans get more targets. Who knows if he produces more? You know, that we, we expect him to because he's a great player. Um, and he showed it, you know, last year, I think, in the second game against Lattimore, right? Well, no. Um, so, no, the second game against Lattimore is the one he got hurt. Actually, you mentioned the first that. The first, he, st- he sucks against Lattimore every time, but against the Saints. But Brady sucks against the Saints, right? But, but uh, the playoffs... He faced Darius Slay and he faced Jalen Ramsey. He had 117 yards in one game. Oh, I'm sorry, a- I was thinking of Ramsey. I was thinking of his last touchdown pass. It was Ramsey, you're right. Right, mm-hmm. so he faced two of the better cornerbacks in the playoffs He and no Godwin, uh, no Antonio Brown. He had 26 targets in the two games. One of them was a loss. He had 16 targets. He had 10 targets in the win. 117 yards, 119 yards. I think he had three touchdowns in the two games. And I remember you saying it, you know, Jamie, like, they didn't. They could go away from Evans when he was facing these tough cornerbacks because they had Godwin and they had Antonio Brown. They had Gronkowski. They threw a lot to Fournette, obviously. But when they didn't have those options, they went to him and he came through. So it's interesting because his his matchups to start the season are the Cowboys, who he struggled against Diggs last year in Week One. If you remember, it was a shootout and he had a bad game. And then Lattimore in Week Two, and then uh, I think the Falcons in Week Three. No, no, Packers in Week Three. Jair Alexander is not a shadower. I'm pretty sure he just stays on his side. He does, but that's another defense that I would look at and say they've they've got a shot to be the best in the league. They've got good cornerbacks. So I think you look at the first three matchups, you could have some high-scoring games, but you could have some tough corners as well. Does it if matter? there is no Godwin, and we don't know, I agree with Dave, I think Gronk's coming back, but we don't know. I'm telling you, Evans is going to be viewed and probably drafted. I had a question on Twitter. Why is why is Mike Evans not being talked about as a at the one two turn? Because he's twenty nine years is old. Not there, he will be talked about at the one two turn. Because he's twenty nine years old and he's averaged fewer than sixty five yards per game each of the last yes, two seasons. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. But I'm just saying that's why. Yeah. No. I I I certainly see what the red flags are. And look, you, you know, you have to uh, uh, eliminate the fact that it's only a six game sample size that he would be that guy, even with Gronk there. But if Forget about Gronk. If, if there's no Godwin to start the season, Mike Evans is going to be viewed very, very highly. Yeah. yeah. Do not forget about Russell Gage. Right. He's probably should that, be in this That's not going to be my too. reason for, for you know, oh, uh, no. not taking Evans. I'm going to get opportunity. Like, if there was one thing Brady proved, it's that he can make it work using everybody at his decision. Sure. But I'm, I'm just talking about the perception of Mike Evans. The perception right. of Mike Evans is going to go through the roof. Right. So, like, that's the first thought that's in my head. But there's, like, the back of my head is like, man, Russell Gage. I, what's his ADP? Higher like, than that's I thought. somebody that, that I think should be. Oh, man. 108th. He's going ahead of Watson and Lazard and Gallup, that group. He's going same with – he's got the same. I think he, he might end up being a – he may one. end up being a grand bargain. He might end up being. But you take but him ahead of. Though, at that spot, if Godwin plays, that's the reach. Oh, it's a huge reach. You take him. You're right, you can't take him ahead of the top potential top wide receivers for the no Packers. I think it's. I think it's just right. Russell Gage going. You're taking him there if Godwin's playing it's week the one. End of round nine. Yeah. Why? Yeah, we've seen three because we've seen three receivers do well. In this offense, Antonio Brown was one of them. <laughs> I mean, Russell Gage is in him. What if uh, is this a Gronk? Is this so Gronk and Godwin are both there? You think if they're both there, I am still willing. They they didn't bring him in to do nothing. There's got to be a plan in place, and I think a lot of it has to do with Godwin not being healthy, and maybe it's a long term issue. But I think Russell Gage is a. How was the player. third receiver when it wasn't Antonio Brown and it was Evans and Godwin healthy? How what was the target volume for that third receiver? That's the point. Maybe. Yeah, it's good. I think he has one good stretch in his career, and it was it's because a, everybody else was hurt. 
it is a round nine dart throw. Again, it's almost the same argument as Alan Lazard, but a little bit like I'd rather have Lazard. But it's it's a guy catching passes from Tom Brady in an offense that's going to throw a ton. It's the and it's the la- one hundred eight is the last pick in round nine. Totally fine with it. Okay, just right. Okay, so some other names. So this is a group that we spent a lot of time on on a previous show. I think on like a sleeper show with Heath. Dalton Schultz, I don't think Heath had him in there, but Sutton, Thielen, Juju, all these guys went 73rd, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Schultz went 70, is going 78th, Sutton 65th, Thielen 80th, and Juju 71st. So from pick 65 to 80, you've got in order Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dalton Schultz, and Adam Thielen. We like those values. They all went earlier in the draft that we did. Sutton went 52nd instead of 65th. Thielen went 60th instead of 80th. Juju went 59th instead of 71st. And Dalton Schultz went 73rd instead of 78th. Anything you want to say there about these guys, Dave? Uh, I, I love those values. I, I think Schultz is getting a little overlooked. I think he could end up being a huge component again in this Dallas offense and maybe one that isn't dependent on other wide receivers being healthier now. That was the deal last year with him. When he had to share with all of Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup, he really didn't have a good target share. But when one of them was hurt, Gallup was for the majority of the year, man, he, he got a lot of looks. And they just franchised him. I think I think he's like I'm cool taking him round seven. Might feel a little early because it's Dalton Schultz, and you might say he's a one-year wonder. But I, I think he's got that chemistry with Dak. I think he's going to run a ton of routes. I think he's going to be a touchdown magnet. I don't think it's a one-year wonder. I mean, he did it the year before, too, when Blake Darwin got hurt. Was it to the same level? No, but it wasn't with Dak. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. Okay. And uh, between Sutton, Thielen, and Juju, how do you rank those three? Sutton, Thielen, Juju. Sutton, Juju, Thielen. I'll take Thielen ahead of Juju, but I've been a—I'm a known Juju detractor. But Sutton's first. Sutton's first. Yeah, and Thielen is just like no respect. I know he's a touchdown. He's—he's he's basically a tight end at this point, but he—he he gets that action. A couple of guys going 110th overall. So these are round 10 picks, early round 10. Chris Olave and Sky Moore. Rookies for the Saints and Chiefs, respectively. They went 84th and 79th in our draft. They went in round seven. Chris Olave and Sky Moore. Uh, Jamie, do you think these are good values, 110th for these guys? Yes, and comparing them to Russell Gage, I'd rather have both of them, you know, unless, of course, Godwin is out for a significant portion of the season. But, you know, I mean, you're looking at what could be, especially if Michael Thomas isn't ready, the number one receiver in New Orleans. And, you know, hopefully he has a huge rookie season um and sky Moore, there's such a wide open opportunity for the chiefs and so you know again these these two guys being attached to you know one clearly you know arguably still the best quarterback in football in Mahomes, and and a lot of his opportunity is huge in new orleans especially michael thomas even if he's ready for week one if he can't stay healthy again so um yeah i, I love the value for both these guys i would take more ahead of Olave right now but um you know they're close i have a lot higher i have both ranked ahead of russell gage I love the way Olave fits into this New Orleans offense. I think Winston's the right type of quarterback for him. Winston's a downfield thrower. Olave is a downfield catcher. He's not a physical type of receiver. He's 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 a perfect um, alternative to Michael Thomas in that offense. 
And I think you'll see a lot of work in there. He's my favorite as of now, but I mean, th there could be some really big hype on Sky Moore. All it'll take is, you know, preseason clips, and, you know, highlights on Twitter, stuff like that. He's mm -hmm. got a chance, man. He's really good. But would you agree that Olave, I don't want to pigeonhole him as a downfield receiver. I, I feel like he's no, pretty No, he can versatile. do a lot more than that. Yeah, That's he's fair. pretty versatile. He's a great route runner. And yes. he ran a 4.3940, so he's got speed, although some people wonder if he plays that he fast. He accelerate. No, dude, I've seen it. His acceleration is instantaneous. Yeah, I like Alave a lot. And plus, right. Michael you Thomas not, was a little physical. not healthy right now. Landry, not exactly the picture of health. Um, do you think Olave and Sky Moore should be your fourth receiver, or do you feel like oh, you're okay starting them week one? No, your fourth receiver. I mean, that's the strange. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we talked you about really overlook receiver to have these guys as your fourth guy. Hi. We talked. We talked yeah. about Lazard, Damian Pierce, and Raheem Mostert were two guys that Dave put on his good early value list. Pierce going 125th. This is a Houston Texans rookie. He went 103rd in our draft. That's round nine. He's going in round 11 in current NFC ADP. Raheem Mostert, 166. Now, this is a question mark based on what Jamie just said. I think 166 is still a good time to gamble, but maybe maybe we should talk more about just when to draft the Dolphins guys. First of all, real quick on Damian Pierce. 125th overall is his ADP. 103rd is where he went. Dave, when should Damian Pierce be drafted? 103rd is where he went in our draft a couple weeks ago. I don't want to. I don't want to invest too much into him. I'll call him a top 100 pick, but he's just on the, just in front of the 100th pick overall. Again, if, if we're putting him against Russell Gage, I'll take him over Russell Gage. He's in that same range, maybe a little bit behind uh, both Olave and Sky Moore if it's full PPR. But running back who's going to have an opportunity, the competition in Houston for playing time isn't that good. I think he's a pretty solid running back who can do a lot of things well. So I'm, I'm just looking at it right now, and I'm looking at the rookies. And again, you know, some of these drafts are, are, are I think, a little skewed still. But so starting at... Uh, 101 on the ADP for NFC. James Cook was first. This is not, you know, clearly looking at the first two guys, but it's, this, this is the group of the second tier rookie running backs. So James Cook was first at 101. Then it was uh, Isaiah Spiller at 114. And then Damian Pierce at 125. And the one that I was looking to compare him to, which is why I started looking at this, was Algier. Tyler, right. Tyler Algier mm -hmm. at 150. Because they're all kind of, oh, I'm sorry, I left out Rashad White. Uh, Rashad White also is at 133. So when you start to talk about these rookie running backs, like Isaiah Spiller shouldn't go ahead of uh, Damian Pierce. Um, you can debate James Cook based on his opportunity and role in Buffalo, but Pierce could be an every down back in Houston. Cook is going to take an injury and maybe some trust for him to be an every down back in Buffalo. Pause real quick here. Every down back for Damian Pierce, I, he, to me, he feels like a non-catch guy. Um, no, he can do potentially, that. but we don't know how Houston's going to use him. Right. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, I think more of a, okay, you don't want to say an every down back, but, but a leading no, I'm, just a, I'm just asking if you, if you really feel like he could be an every down I wouldn't down project back. him that way, but, you know, again, I right. don't know if, you know, aside from Rex Burkhead, they have that guy. You know, they so. don't, but if they develop one and Pierce ends up being that one, I don't think they'll hesitate. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll see if, if you don't want to label them, that's fine. Um, Rashad White to me is, is, a huge lottery ticket and an and ultra, uh, you know, league-winning type of guy, but it's going to take an injury for that to happen. And then Algier, to me, is probably the best value of this group because he could be the leading running back for the Falcons. 
And while their schedule stinks and their teammates stink, at 150, <laughs> that's that's a pretty good value to to take a shot on the guy. Yeah, so I think that you could make the case for Spiller. If you, do you think Spiller is a true handcuff for for Eckler? That if Eckler gets hurt, Spiller becomes a you know a must start. I don't. I mean, we you know we kind of had this last year when he had the COVID situation and they use multiple guys, you know, so we'll, we'll find out, you know, I mean, look, Spiller, can he do the same things Austin Eckler does in the passing game? Probably not. I mean, he can do some of those things. Can he be a more physical runner? Probably so. <clears throat> so he did great in the passing game at A&M, right? Yeah, no, no, but I don't think he's not Eckler, but he can. No, 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 no. So, so I guess my, my question is, would you rather have Alexander Madison or Damian Pierce? Let's start with that. And I'll explain where I'm going with it. But would you rather have Madison or Pierce? I think it totally comes down to your roster build. You know, in a vacuum, I'd rather have Pierce. But, it, you know, if, if you're looking at it, I got three running backs that I'm pretty sold on. I'm taking Alexander Madison with the upside of what he can become. I'm taking Pierce. And that's why I would say, do you think it's the same question? Would you rather <laughs> have Spiller or Pierce? You know, could Spiller be Alexander Madison or or is it just or is he just Justin Jackson? <laughs> you know, going to be. In yeah, I, I, would, I would take Pierce over Spiller in that regard because. You know, I mean, with Madison, you've seen it, you know, so there, there's a clear cut example of what he can be. I mean, if, if, da- if Dalvin Cook got hurt in, in preseason or as Dave likes to say, one wins the lottery and goes, you know, lives on an island. Alexander Madison is a first round pick in fantasy. I don't think Isaiah Spiller is a first round pick. In fantasy. No, no. And even if the Texans were to come out and say Damian Pierce is going to be our every down back, he's earned it, et cetera, et cetera. He wouldn't be a first round pick. He'd be a top, you know. 40 pick probably, but he no. would be a first round pick. If the Texans said he was their lead back, their every down guy, he would be a top 40 pick. Let, let me let me just go and show you what top 40 picks every like. day. They're every you, down. You're, I, you're I just don't me think right that's top 40 pick. Realistic. You would take Damian Pierce over David Montgomery based on ADP? No, not based on that ADP because I think David Montgomery going 40 seconds. Well, I mean, these are what people are drafting. JK, okay, well, I was, I, I'm thinking more of my rankings than that ADP. I would take David Montgomery ahead of. Full-time workhorse Damian Pierce. Ezekiel Elliott or Damian Damian Pierce? Zeke. J.K. Dobbins or Damian Pierce? Probably Pierce. Josh Jacobs. Probably Pierce. Wow. In, really? in this like the starting running back it's of the Texans over the starting running back of the Raiders? He's you know that Jacobs isn't going to be alone in that backfield. And uh, but <laughs> that's the thing, it. Dave. I, I mean the scenario of them saying he's he's our every it's down back happen. is it's, right. I'm right. He's there's no, the if Damian Pierce gets the job, you got to figure he's not going to be alone in the backfield. No, I'm saying they're going to make him like 70% of the workload type okay. guy. All right. I want to get make sure we have time for the bad values here. So real quick on the Dolphins, what do you think about these ADPs? Chase Edmonds, 95th. Raheem Mostert, 166th. And Sonny Michelle after that. Uh, do you think, who would you rather have? Edmonds, 95th or Mostert, 166th? Edmonds. Edmonds. Okay. Okay, the bad values. Jamie talked about Amonra St. Brown going 60th overall. That's too early for him. He should be more, maybe more like 80th. Javante Williams, 13th. He went 27th in the draft that we did a couple weeks ago. Javante Williams is 13th overall. Why do you think that is, Jamie? Do you think there's still a case to be made that he should be picked around the end of the first round? I don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking at all drafts. I don't know if they separate it by dynasty startups. So that's at, factored into this. I mean, you know, he's he's going to go in the first round. 
I don't I don't know. I, I I'm looking at NFC ADP 26 drafts. After, yeah, like I'm 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 looking at how you can separate them. Doesn't say Well, Brees Hall is going 36th. So I don't know if I doubt NFC it's, does dynasty. I don't think it's dynasty startups because Brees Hall is going 36th. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just feels weird. I, you know, th- this if you told me 13th overall pre Melvin Gordon, I buy it. Right. Post Melvin Gordon is too 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 high. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we are, they even said, well, no, that nobody said. There, were, there was a report that from ESPN that he would have slightly more work than last year. Which he should. Yeah. But, Dave, you still do you still like Javante in round two? Because I think most people are going to settle, well, most of us anyway are going to settle on round three. Most yeah, of I'll take him in late round two. I love the talent. I, I You can't deny the fact that there's going to be an issue in terms of touches with him. A, because of Melvin Gordon there and B, because of Russell Wilson. But I think he's going to have a lot of explosiveness to him. Having the year under his belt, being in a better offense, I think it's going to pay off for him. He's worth it. If you're pick, if you're picking on the 2-3 turn and you don't want to wait until round three, you take him in late round two. Jalen Waddle, 33rd overall in NFC average draft position since May 1st. He went 47th in our draft. Do you like him at 47, Jamie? I know you don't like him at 33. Love him at 47. You know, 33... It's so close to where he was basically getting drafted before Tyree Kill was on the team. You know, I mean, that's just, <laughs> it, it's just hard to expect um, Tua Tungavailoa in this offense to support two wide receivers that should be drafted in the third round. It's just a huge leap, you know. And so um, I, I love the talent. Obviously, love what he did last year, but, you know, Tyreek is going to clearly be a, a, a factor. You know, I mean, we didn't really see a, a, a second guy, certainly a second guy of that caliber. You know, Devontae Parker missed time. Uh, Waddle was so good. He's going to still be good. He's just not going to be, you know, a guy I think that you should draft ahead of Deontay Johnson if he's right. Michael Pittman, uh, you could debate that one. Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin if he's right. I mean, you know, that, that mm-hmm. that's closer to the range he should be going. You know, so Jalen Waddle's still a number two receiver, but to go that 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 high in a draft to me is just too soon. Why what should- would that offense have to look Sorry. like for both Hill and Waddle to return value based on that ADP? They have to trade for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a trade for Andy Reid, where they just they 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 just commit to throwing a ton. If they do something like that, and I can, I, I don't know if I can totally buy into that since it's you know 49ers coaches coming to Miami, but you know you, you look at their actions with the run game. They didn't overpay Chase Edmonds. I don't think anyway. They threw a lot of bodies at it. They threw bodies at it, but they might end up saying, "Look, we definitely spent the money and capital." to get Tyreek Hill. This franchise spent a first-round pick on Jalen Waddle. They're really good players. What if they just end up throwing a lot? And I'm not talking oh. about Tua taking, you know, sure. eight deep shots a game, but lots of, you know, quick screens and slants and stuff it's not, like that. It's not just that. It's it's Teron Armstead. It's, you know, Connor Williams. It's it's giving Tua more time. Like, right. He's going to be fine. Jalen Waddle's going to be fine. But for, for but two not, receivers... not at that ADP fine. Right. For two receivers, for Tua, unless he takes such a huge leap, and, and on our site today... Uh, Jason Lockenfora says two is one of the top 10 breakout candidates for 2022. Makes a lot of sense. But can he do it? We have to see it. And I just don't think Jalen Waddle at 33rd overall is worth the risk. Yeah, it might be one of those situations where he has to sort of PPR his way to good production or, you know, great production. It'd be catch heavy, maybe, mm-hmm. which is like kind of what you saw a couple of years ago from the Steelers. Uh, with with Juju, for example, where he just had so many catches that he right. ended up finishing. He was a must-start wide receiver, but he wasn't really that good. 
I just want to throw these numbers out. So Jalen Waddle had 104 catches, 1,115 yards, and six, no, 1,015 yards, sorry, and six touchdowns in 16 games. If you just look at his game, his Tua games, the ones where Tua started and finished, he was on pace for 162 targets in 17 games, 117 catches, nearly 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was much, Jacoby Brissett is fantasy poison. So keep that in mind for Amari Cooper. Uh, Jalen Waddle was great. I just can't really think of too many examples of, I can only think of one right now, of a guy who had a great rookie season. You know I like that 900-yard rookie season barometer. Usually means success as a second-year wide receiver. Can't think of a guy who had that kind of season and then gained a great wide receiver. You know, it's just, it's tough. I don't know the apples and apples comparison. The one that comes to mind is Keenan Allen, actually, and this might sound funny, He's not Tyreek Hill, but before Keenan Allen's rookie year, Malcolm Floyd was the best receiver on the Chargers. He missed Keenan Allen's rookie year. He came back in Keenan Allen's second year, and I'm pretty sure he had a good season, and Keenan Allen struggled. Uh, yeah, it's just that's the only thing I can think of, but this situation of this star rookie wide receiver had a tremendous season and then adds one of the best receivers in football. I just can't, I just can't think of one. So it's just there's no precedent. All the new for coach it. coming into, right? Yeah, new system, everything. And so there's no precedent. That's why I like being able to bank on history a little bit. And I just really can't with Waddle. He's tough as hell. I can't, I can't justify. I, this may sound crazy, but I can't justify taking him over Cortland Sutton. I'd rather have the Broncos' number two guy or maybe number one guy than the than yeah. Waddle. They're they're ranked very close for me. Obviously, the draft value clearly is in favor of of the Broncos guys. I guess there, there's another kind of maybe similar comparison, which ties into to McDaniel. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's rookie season came at the expense of Debo Samuel missing a lot of time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go through my list of sophomore, of the of the 900-yard receivers and see if I can find one. But let's move on. That's similar to Waddle. Let's move on to... Uh, you don't like Dawson Knox? Yeah. Oh, Hopkins at 69th overall. Where would you take six, uh, Hopkins? He went 69th in, or he's going 69th in NFC ADP. He went 85th in our draft. DeAndre Hopkins. 85th is definitely closer to where it should be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, how about Dawson Knox? 105th overall. He's tight end 10 in NFC ADP since May 1st. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox did not get drafted in our 12-team PPR league. Yeah, and you you brought this up, I think, in our tight end show or a previous show. You know, you said how we have Dawson Knox much lower collectively than where he's being drafted. I mean, look, he was he was fantastic at finding the end zone last year. I think he's going to have a couple of those multiple touchdown games. He's probably going to end up wouldn't surprise me by the end of the season because of his touchdowns as a potential top twelve tight end. But the targets were definitely not there. And now you bring in, um, you know. Uh, Jameson Crowder, you bring in uh, Khalil Shakir, you know, you bring in OJ Howard, uh, Gabriel Davis, bigger role. You bring in a pass catching running back. I said this, you know, a, a few times already, you know, following the draft and free agency, that it feels like we're going to see a different version of Buffalo's offense to an extent in their passing game because there's so much diversity. You know, it's not just Cole Beasley in the slot and whatever second receivers on the outside, whether it was John Brown or Emmanuel Sanders or Gabriel Davis. You know, I think they're going to be more diverse with, you know, different options to use and two tight end sets and, you know, maybe a more talented tight end in OJ Howard if he finally gets the chance to show his ability and can stay on the field and stay healthy. So um, Knox will be fine. You know, if you want to draft him as a starter, 
go ahead. I'm not going to do it, but uh, I think taking him in that range is just too soon. There are other guys I like better personally, so I'm not going to draft him as a top 10 tenant. Okay, I found one more example. By the way, Malcolm Floyd did not have a great season. He led the team in receiving, though, 856 yards in Keenan Allen's second year. He uh, Malcolm Floyd played only two games in Keenan Allen's rookie season. Now, Michael Clayton, Michael Clayton as a rookie had 80 catches, 1,193 yards, and seven touchdowns. As a sophomore, he had 32 catches for 372 yards. And what, did he get hurt? I mean, the off the so Joey Galloway was was the guy who played only six games in Michael Clayton's rookie season, and then Joey Galloway in in Michael Clayton's second season had a much better year. Uh, I, I know this is kind of random, so I don't have. Uh, yeah, I like my example better. What was your example? The Ayuk and, and Debo. Oh yeah, well, no, I think this is actually a better example if I had just if I had just uh, you know been prepared. He play, I mean, that is such a drop. He went from 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns in 16 games to 372 yards and no touchdowns in 14 games the following year. Galloway, 2005. Yeah, I mean, Galloway had 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. So I do think that's pretty similar. The Tampa Bay offense wasn't as good in 2005. Their offense got a little worse compared to the rookie year for Clayton. The funniest thing it's confusing, is confusing, I know. 2005... But- they could have had Tom Brady. <laughs> He's been playing that long. Who was their quarterback? Chris Sims was their quarterback in 2005. Pro football talks, Chris Sims. Yeah, and the year before that, it was Brian Greasy and a little bit of, ers a little bit of Brad Johnson. <laughs> anyway, Michael Clayton is an example of a guy who had an amazing rookie season because Joey Galloway got hurt. Joey Galloway stayed healthy the following year, and Michael Clayton completely cratered. I'm sure there are other factors, but... I'm sure we lost our audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did a Twitter poll an hour ago at the start of the show. Who would you rather have, Christian Watson or Alan Lazard? 347 votes. 51% Christian Watson, 49% Alan Lazard. The devil you don't. Well, it's basically pretty even. But let's talk about... Apple Podcasts, or rather than talk about it, let's read the Apple Podcast questions. From Serge, dear Max, Gabe, Tyler, and Duncan. Are those Miami Heat? Heat are those Heatles? Duncan Robinson, what the other two names said? Gabe and Tyler. Tyler Hero. Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero. Okay. I don't know who Gabe Vincent is. Did you like that game Saturday night? It was competitive. I did like that game. It wasn't early on. It was a nightmare early on. It was a good game. Uh, it was, you know, look, I, I just, it would be nice to have a buzzer beater or, or something close to it every now and then, but at least we're getting more competitive games. Uh, it was a one-point game at late in the fourth quarter. And you're complaining it was not it a one-point game late. In the, it was a one-point game true. late-ish, and then they pulled away. The final two minutes were extremely boring. That's true. And they took forever, of course. It was fine. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a normal good game. I guess. What happened to your Panthers since you jumped on oh, the bandwagon? Pan- and oh, God. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It's a good thing I'm a bandwagon fan because that would have been, the game two loss would have been one of the five worst sports losses of my life. I would have been uh-huh. depressed. I mean, they lost with four seconds left on mm-hmm. a stupid decision. I mean, brutal, brutal. Anyway, here's the question from Serge. He says, let's go Heat. 10-team full, full PPR super flex. I got Herbert in the first round. Eckler in the fourth round. Give me one more keeper. 
you go triple on the Chargers here and take Mike Williams in the 12th, Hollywood Brown in the 12th, or Devin Singletary in the 13th? Hollywood. I think I would also lean Hollywood. This is from Skelly Rowe. This positive review is for Adam talking about just one of the guys. The girl's brother in that film is hilarious. Can't wait for kickoff 2022. Great show, guys. He is hilarious. Do you remember that mm-hmm. character? Yes. Remember his name? Uh, No. Buddy. Buddy. It's very funny. Great movie. Jamie, you That's know that movie, right? That's my middle name. No, I've never seen it. You've never seen Just One of the Guys? No. Really? Who's in it? <laughs> I, I don't know. William Zabka's in it. Oh, yeah. He's the bad he guy. Was, yeah, he's the villain in every That's 80s. right. Another Billy Zabka movie. The rest of it is a, a no-name cast, but it's it's a great feel-good 80s movie. Man, one minute you're complimenting Buddy on his incredible acting, and the next minute you're calling him part of a <laughs> no-name cast. Oh, yeah, I'm going to look up his name. Okay. All right. I'm a okay. teenager from just one of the guys. Here's, here's Paul's question. Oh, this isn't really a question. I'm a very sentimental guy, and I began humming the old Le'Veon Bell song that would be played during episodes. I can't find it online or in old episodes. Would love a nostalgia hit if you guys could use it again for all the long-term listeners. Uh, Paul, I have tried so hard to find it. I cannot find the Le'Veon Bell song. Why are you singing? It was to Save by the Bell. I wrote the lyrics. Uh, I didn't record the song or sing the song, but I'm not going to sing it, but you know, it's all right. I've got Le'Veon Bell. Well, you just want a chance to sing. (laughs) Dave, you got a name for us over there? Uh, it looks like it's Billy Jane. Ugh, two first names. Yeah, I know, right? Weird. J-A-Y-N-E. I'm going to see what else he was in besides this movie. Okay. I don't know why you're looking up him. He's the, the fifth most important character of the show but in the movie. But, Jamie, I hope you watch. Again, you're trashing him after complimenting his acting. Jamie, job. you watch just one of the guys report back. Dave, you watch Taken. I'll watch Ozark. Everybody, thanks for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Wait, but what happens after Charlotte goes to Canada? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.